welcome back to another episode here of the Gold Coast Titans Frontline Podcast, a podcast that does go through everything Gold Coast Titans, from the men's to the women's to the b- screaming babies in the background of Clarkie's, uh, Clarkie's household. We get into everything here, because don't worry, that screaming baby one day will be a Titans fan, and that's why we are listening to the opinion right now. But, uh, obviously, my name is Blaze from Big House Sport, ready to rock and roll for the preseason, baby. It's coming up this week, and that's what we'll be talking about today's podcast, and obviously I'm here joined by Dane from Clarkie's Rugby League. Hom, how are we doing, mate? Mate, not too bad. I can confirm that crying baby in the background is indeed... <laughs> well, he's not going to be a Titans fan in the future. He was actually a member before he was born. So might even play some might say he was forced into this life. Um, I say his dad made a very good decision on his mm. behalf to sign him up as a member whilst he was still in the belly cooking. At least at least he's not going to become a Canberra Rays fan. That's the main thing. You've got him on the Titans wagon already. Mate, I think... Uh, you got to be pretty desperate in life to support that club. That's uh, that's a fact. <laughs> Gee whiz. Okay. No, there's well, there's no, well, listen, he's, he's down there in Canberra. He's already slapped them up. He's slapped them yep. up. Well, gee whiz, we'll have podcast talking everywhere now. Uh, but, mate, yeah. look, obviously, you know, this weekend we do have a, a pre-season game. The footy is finally starting. We did get some pre-season games over the weekend, but it wasn't the Gold Coast Titans. We had uh, the Dolphins getting a good slap up over the Capras. Uh, we saw the Broncos uh, getting a last couple seconds win over the Winamanly Seagulls and also Manly take on the Rabbitohs behind closed doors, but I did actually still stream that game, which was quite funny. Did you kind of get a good read for kind of the, the preseason and get really ready rock and roll for this week? Yeah, man, I'm pumped for the preseason. It's um, the, the preseason challenge, look, don't get me wrong, it's really nothing. 100 grand split amongst 30 players in a club is not much of a prize at all. And I believe you can gamble on it. I think that's why the NRL introduced a preseason challenge last year. But look, it's still more than a trial, right? It's something a little bit more than a trial. In some ways, I think it's trying to emulate the NBA Summer League, which does build a lot of excitement around the league there. So I think it's great. I think that the administration of the NRL are trying new things. If it really does fail in a few years, we'll just go back to trials. Um, Same as the Las Vegas stuff. If it really fails, we'll just go back to normal round ones here in Australia. So... I like the games trying new things, and I am very excited for this preseason challenge, despite it not having too much meaning. Despite the fact the Dolphins are cowards, I'm going to put it out there right now because they put out a yeah. full strength lineup against us, which we'll go through in a second. Uh, whilst we've put up a massive development squad, and by the way, fun fact for you: you can actually bet now on the uh, bet responsibly, guys. We're not here encouraging gambling at the moment, but yeah. you can actually now bet on the preseason games, and you can't bet on our one though. You can't. I don't think you can bet on our one. It's not saying. Well, so yet. I'm guessing they didn't offer a market for it because that's kids that they don't really know about mostly against NRL players. Mm. Um, a lot of people don't actually know this, man. When it comes to gambling on the NRL, let's say I wager a bet with a gambling company, the NRL actually takes a portion of what I bet. Yeah. So absolutely. that's why they're kind of incentivized to uh, have a preseason challenge where people can gamble because it's not only making it, I guess a little bit more exciting for the the normal fans, uh, but people that want to have a gamble on it, then yeah, the NRL is going to take your money every time. So um, no doubt that was a huge incentive for him. But I think let's jump into these team lists, man, because you said it. Not only have the Dolphins named a, a close to full strength squad, they've also named an additional four reserves to us. And we know there's infinite interchange. So that's interesting there. Um, just going through their squad, I think... You look at the fullback, that's Trey Fuller. He's got some NRL experience. Their wings are Jermaine Asako and Jack Bostock. We're hearing Jack Bostock's pushing for a spot there this year. Um, their centres, Tessie New and Herbie Farmworth, two guys with international experience trialling there in week one. Um, their halves are Isaiah Katoa and Sean O'Sullivan. Front row, they're going to roll out Thomas Flegler, Jeremy Marshall King and Mark Nichols. Three big names for them there. Um, their back row is also big names. Ewan Aitken, Felice Carfusi and Thomas Gilbert. And then their benches, Max Plath, Valence Tafade, Jake Avarillo, Kurt Donahue, Jerome Burns, Ray Stone. on the weekend, Jerome Burns as well. He was. Uh, Jeremiah Simbican, Kennelly Lemuelu, Lachlan Hubner, Harrison Graham, Jared Wallace, Mason Teague, and Brenton Barra. Um, obviously, we're going to break down our team a lot more in depth, but just your thoughts on them naming such a, a strong Scott, a strong side there, rather, in week one of the preseason challenge. 
Yeah, I think, look, I, I understand the reasoning behind it because sometimes teams just want to get a good start and they want to really kind of piece together what they're going to go with for the year. And the Dolphins, obviously, they've only been in the comp one year now. Uh, did get off to a great start last year, though, when they beat the Bruce. I think they won their first, like, five games in a row to start the season or something ridiculous. Uh, but, look, the Dolphins have put out their entire squad outside of the, the guys that are playing in the Indigenous vs. Māori All-Stars game that is on this Friday, which we've got a couple of boys who have been brought in. I guess we'll talk about that just after uh, we go through our team lineup here. But, yeah, look, it's uh, it's interesting considering that, look, that we've put out a completely development squad team. A completely development squad team whilst they've put out pretty much their starters. Now, look, just to clarify as well, we'll get into our team lineup in a second, but I don't believe necessarily that the names we've got on the sheet will be strictly the guys who do run out there in the first half. Um, but yeah, look, the, the Dolphins had a good game against the Central Queensland Cappers in their preseason trial on the weekend, where they won 58-6, to six, I think it was. Now, guys who killed it in that game were the likes of Jerome Burns, you see on the reserves. Um, you also saw... Uh, Mason Teague and Brenton Bayera play well in that you. game. Trey Fuller, I believe, also played in that game. Tessin Yu scored a hat-trick, as he said. Yeah, yeah. Um, scored, scored a hat-trick there. So, look, this Dolphins team is one that... Look, let's be honest with you guys. We shouldn't be expected to win this game in the slightest. Uh, we should be looking at this game as one that we get to watch our development players and see how they really progress. Exactly. And if, you know, the preseason challenge showed us anything last year, it's that it really doesn't matter results-wise. You know, we've seen Manly absolutely thump the Rabbitohs in a trial last weekend. We saw them win the preseason challenge uh, the previous year and they didn't even play finals. So I know we spoke about last week that with the amount of depth we have in our club at the moment, Not if we do choose more. to. <laughs> no, I think we have to be realistic. With the side we've rolled out, and keep in mind, Des Hasler has coached decades worth of seasons in the NRL. He knows what he's doing. He knows you don't win premierships in February. And I think you and I were a little bit ambitious saying we could win the preseason challenge, but we both assumed we would roll out not our NRL side, but like I thought we'd see Keanu Kinney at fullback, for example. Um, and I thought we might see a bit of Brimson at centre. Well, yeah. Well, what I'll say to that is that we'll see the majority of our team next week when we take on the Parramatta Squeals yeah, over at Ipswich. I think this one's up there at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Uh, but obviously, yeah, the game game next week is when we'll start to see most of those guys. But obviously, Desi and Steve Mitchell and, and Dennis Wharton and the likes, they just don't really care about winning the 100K for the, the preseason challenge. And it's more about, you know, Desi getting a good read for everyone that we have at our disposal at our club right now. That's the main thing. Uh, instead of just rolling out, and which, which could have been, you could have gone with either tactic. I think, yeah, Des could have gone absolutely either tactic where he's done what he's done and put out these development products or he could have gone with a straight up his lineup and then if that didn't work next week he could have done that as well. Uh, it, at the end of the day, it's preseason and the uh, different tactics, you know, it is what it is. Um, I am quite, you know, intrigued why the Dolphins would do this in the first week of preseason rather than the second week but with that being said, they're not our club to worry about so you can get, get, get all you like but we're just here for, uh, we're, we're here to see the guys, and we'll get into our, our, our team today and explain a little bit more to you guys about who they are because a lot of them are actually depth players to our depth players. And that's the thing that we'll get into. Yeah, absolutely. The only tactic I will say about Des that I don't agree with this team sheet is not naming the full 26 men. Um, of course, it's infinite It's infinite interchanges. So I think even if we had four more kids that are part of our feeder club systems, then you might as well name them and give them an opportunity there to impress or just to assess their depth. But they, if Des Hasler genuinely, you know, we've probably got uh, close to 15 players that are in our best side that aren't in this lineup. There's 22 here. You know, I mean, how deep does the bottle need to run whilst you take a sip of one? Um, but let's jump into the side. Fullback, Jalen DeGroote. What can you tell me about him? Yeah, so look, obviously, guys, we've done a bit of research on a lot of these, uh, a lot of these plays whilst uh, we've been... Look at this team list, and it has been a little bit difficult with a lot of them. But I do know Jalen DeGroote. I've known him for a little bit now. Tweed Head Seagulls product. He played the preseason against the Broncos last year, which was the 2024... Sorry, 24-24 draw. This year is 2024. Uh, this will be his first season as a development player. Uh, he actually started strongly in the Host Plus Cup before being sidelined with a knee complaint after round five. Uh, and I've met him on multiple occasions. He's a real good bloke. He's got a great head on his shoulders. And uh, look, it's, it's a bit of a tough one because he can play fullback. He can play wing. Obviously, they're, they're two positions right now that we are absolutely chock-a-block. And, you know, I just think that, yeah, look, he's very respectful. Plenty of patience. Plenty of time to go with him. 
uh, and and hopefully you know one day he can he can come into a position. But obviously the two positions that he's looking at, as you'll talk about, are very very difficult to get into. And that's the thing for Degroot. Like he, you know, if you if we're talking fullbacks. Jaden Campbell, Keanu Kinney, and then we're probably going to transition AJ Brimson back there if it gets desperate um, before he was to get get given an opportunity. But an opportunity is an opportunity. He's got a great chance to come out here and impress. I hope he does so. We have had to lose um, one fullback over the years. Tane Tuapiki, he now plays for the Warriors. the Warriors. I know yeah. he was um, with the Bears and he was doing pre-seasons with us, but there was just no pathway forward for fullbacks at our club. So fingers crossed we can keep a hold of De Groot and find a spot for him, even if his depth in the future. Our wingers in this one, we've gone with the Burley Bears duo from last year who were no longer our feeder. They were last season. And the wingers for majority of that season were Tony Francis, who's yet to make his NRL debut, and Ken Mamalo, who's played internationally for the Kiwis, Samoa, and has plenty of games for the Warriors and Tigers. What are you expecting from these two? And if Ken Mamalo was to trial exceptionally well, could you see a world where he jumps over Tony Francis as our next depth option? No, I, I don't. I don't see a world that that's possible, and I don't want to be here just to put a negativity kind of cloud around Camamalo. Uh, but I do think that Ken is quite far down our depth list, and that's not due to his quality. That's due to, the, due to his age. Realistically, you know, he has uh, been around for a long time now. Absolutely killed at the Warriors. Went to the Tigers. Has been injury ridden as well, uh, and now he's here at the Titans. And it, it, it's great to see that we do have a guy with his stature on the depth list, but at the end of the day, Tony Francis is coming off a fantastic season for the Burley Bears. I believe these guys might be going to the Ipswich Jets now uh, with our deal with them, if I'm not mistaken. The, the news did come out this week of who actually is where. Uh, but with, yeah, I know Kenny Mamala's there. I would assume Tony Francis is there, uh, but I'm not 100% too sure. So yeah, look, I think that Tony Francis, for right this very second, is our strongest in regards to depth wing, unless you include Jojo Fafita, then he would be our strongest. But it just comes down to, yeah, what Desi's kind of thought process is, and we'll figure that out pretty early, to be honest with you. But no, I, I can't see a world that Ken jumps Tony Francis due to that age. I think it would honestly have to come down to the stage of the season. Like, if it was... If we're in a finals game, and Tony's yet to debut, I'd probably rather someone like Ken come in, because he's played, like, 200 games and played in big games for the Kiwis and, and Samoa. Uh, but certainly, it, 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 it's more likely throughout a 27-round season for an injury to occur. And I think at that stage, I agree, due to his age and the fact that his ceiling is currently higher, Tony Francis will remain as our top-depth option there I on the wing. I would also say on that, though, I would, yeah, I would mm. also say on that, though, that I would see Shuppy or also uh, Jojo Fafita coming in before Kamamala did. Like, even in that situation, I yeah. do believe that they, he would bring in a Shuppy or a Jojo Fafita, and then it would go down to... I think Tony Francis might be above... Should be, I don't know. It's going to be... It'll be interesting to see how they go in this game here today, uh, this weekend, but I, I would say that the, the depth department is really difficult to see what Tessie's thinking, and I do think that Jojo is definitely next in line. Yeah, well, with a fresh coach, everyone's out to impress this weekend, including Jojo, who will represent us for the Moldy All-Stars. We'll, what we'll do after this, we'll go through and we'll confirm for everyone where our players are allocated in reserve grade this year. And then we'll also look at our players that are featuring in the All-Stars game and what we're going to look out for there. Our centres in this one are Aaron Shop and Jack Garrard. Now, Shoppy needs no introduction as Titans fans. We're all familiar with him. But what can you tell us about Jack Garrard? Yeah, so Jack Garrett's coming across here from the Penrith at Jersey flag system. Uh, the Titans website speaks about him being a talented middle forward, but it's been selected in the centre this weekend. So I guess Desi's mixing it up a little early here. Did actually play more in the back row uh, when he was at the Penrith Jersey flag. Uh, but with that being said, yeah, they're, they're trolling down here in the centres. So I don't know, it just seems like a little bit of a, a Desi mixing it up. So that's kind of all we really know about him. It's very difficult to find out stats from like Hastings, Hastings, Deering, Colts, and then also Jersey Flegg and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, we all know how quality that developmental system is at the Penrith Panthers. And uh, obviously, Jack Garrett is, is one of those products. Yeah, and it was only 2022 where the Panthers won Harold Matt's. SG Ball, Jersey Flag, New South Wales Cup, and the NRL Premiership. So Jack's obviously come to us looking for an opportunity. Typically, as you said, a middle forward, but excited to see him rolled out um, in the centres where it doesn't matter if he's on Tessie Newside or Herbie Farmer. He's got his work cut out. They're two tough Absolutely. matchups, and I'm excited to see him take it head on. Our halves in this one are very inexperienced when you consider someone like Sean O'Sullivan, who's been at the Panthers' NRL system, and Isaiah Cartola, who's played um, internationally 
for Tonga and also been in that penalty system. I was going to say, I think he was in the Panther system as well, yeah. Yeah, he kicked a field goal for them in uh, SG Ball to win the grand final. So if he didn't kick that field goal, they actually wouldn't have won every grade. But back to our Titans. Tom Stedman is our 5'8", and our halfback is Kyle Foxwell. I've not heard much or anything of either from Absolutely Honest. What have you got on both? Yeah, Tom Stedman, uh, 5'8". He's, he's moving across from the Burley Bears to the Tweeted Seagulls this season, uh, where he played mostly 5'8 and 14 for the Bears before ex-Titan Tyrone Roberts obviously took over down the stretch. Uh, picked up a training trial opportunity after just one season on the Gold Coast, as he originally came from the Northern Pride. And based on stats, comparing Pride to Bears days, has taken on more of a running game approach nowadays uh, whilst restricting his kicking. So he's lost roughly 1,000 in the kicking metres, but he's added on 1,000 in running metres. So he's really diversified his game since coming to, to Burley and obviously now going to the Tweeted Seagulls and is a goal kicker as well. So, you know, Tom Stedman, do you see much in the future for, for him at the club? It's really tough to say at the moment. Like, we've got so many halves options, and it'll really depend how much longer Kieran Foran yeah. plays on. And if he does re- decide to retire, let's say, this year, does Des Hazard look to transition Jaden Campbell or AJ Brimson into the sixth role? Or Tommy um, Weaver. Or, or Tommy Weaver, of course. So there's, there's a fair bit to play out before I can confidently say how I think that's going to play out. But I just think that giving yourself a strong chance here in the preseason and a chance to impress a coach like Des Hasler could do him no harm. We saw Tommy Weaver come out this week and say, look, I've, I've almost accepted that I will be the second fiddle half this week, uh, this year rather, and I'm okay with that. I want to learn and improve every week. And I think all our young halves need to have that mindset at the moment and really latch onto Kieran Foran whilst he's still there and just soak up as much as we possibly can from him. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree. And look, this next one here, Kyle Foxwell, who is our halfback, uh, this is a really intriguing kind of situation here with Kyle Foxwell. I'm not really too sure how to get a read on kind of the the prospects here, but obviously this game is going to tell us a lot. So he actually won the BRL Player of the Year in 2022, and he took over for Josh Rogers last year at the Winner Manly Seagulls, who are aligned with the Broncos. Uh, And it does still have him technically online, playing for Winner Manly, but I have... uh, spoken to someone that I trust, and they do say that he's at the Ipswich Jets now, who are obviously aligned with us. Uh, so, yeah, he took over for Josh Rogers last year at the winner Manly uh, in the semi-final against South Logan Magpies. That was the same week as the Broncos caught up their talent for that round 27 storm clash at Suncorp. Uh, he'll be 25 this year, though, so he is starting to, to get on a little bit in years. Uh, but Matt Head, the coach of the winner Manly, said that he can play hooker, halfback, and centre, so a solid utility player. Thoughts on Foxwell? Yeah, not bad. I mean, the fact that he's 25 probably helps with a, a pretty young, inexperienced spine that we've named in this one. So I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I was going to say if he overtook Josh Rogers, that is impressive because Josh made his NRL debut last year. But it seems like the timing of that was that Josh came up for the debut and that's when he replaced him. Yeah. Um, but regardless, hopefully he has a strong game there and leads us around the park well. Our front row pairing is Luke Burton and Jordan Penquit. Uh, at hooker, we've got Vaka Sikahele. I hope I've pronounced that uh, correctly there. Uh, but your thoughts on our front row there and what can you tell us about them? Yeah, look, the front row are two guys. One, it's not Matty Burton coming over here into the front row for anyone who is wondering. He does still play for the Wolf Wolf Doggies. This is Luke Burton here, and he is a Tweedhead Seagulls product. Uh, he cemented himself a spot in the starting front row spot from round six of 2023. Uh, did a little bit of di- digging into some stats here. Uh, frequently running for 100-plus metres, he peaked at over 150-plus metres three times and achieving his highest at 175 in round nine against South Logan. In one appearance off the bench in round three against North Devils, he ran for 114 metres in 34 minutes with 62 post-contact metres. So that's some really good numbers there uh, for Luke Burton, a guy that most people wouldn't have heard of before, but now you do. Um, can miss a few tackles here and there, but has bumped his tackle count up from averaging early 10s to late in season coming into his own and landing 20-plus a game. Most tackles made was in the Sunshine Coast Falcons uh, finals loss, where he achieved 38 tackles. So, you know, a little bit of a sneaky, sneaky there. Uh, and I'll just get to Jordan Penquit here in our front row before I get your thoughts. Now, Jordan Penquit, uh, he joins the Swiss Jets from Brisbane Tigers. It's not really a great deal online from Jordan, uh, but it did help. Uh, but he did help the Tigers get to the Hastings Deering Colts grand final, where they did unfortunately lose the Blackhawks. Uh, front row off the bench, be interesting to see how he goes. He's a massive, massive unknown, but. Um, I, I think there's some good stats there that line up behind Luke Burton, and maybe uh, he could, uh, we can see Jordan Penkel at Surprise the Dolphins as well. 
Yeah, I think for Luke Burton, the most impressive thing about running 175 metres there against South Logan is they were first on the ladder at that stage mm. and absolutely flying coached by Carmichael Hunt. So I think that shows to me a big game mentality where he steps up for the, the tougher the opposition gets. And I, I love that in a front rower. And then I think for Jordan there, the exciting thing for him is sounds young, sounds inexperienced. He's coming up against Thomas Flegler and Mark Nichols, two guys that have been in grand finals for the Rabbitohs. And, Real and grindy Broncos, front row forwards, Flegler and Nichols, I would say, and that's what's really tough, yeah. Exactly right. So there's a really good opportunity there for Jordan. Um, and what about our hooker in this one? Yeah, so Vaka Sikaheli, uh, he is someone I'm really looking forward to, actually. Really, really looking forward to. The two guys here, and you'll get to another hooker who is a youth product coming off the bench very soon. Uh, but Vaka Sikaheli is one that I'm really looking forward to. Interchangeable hooker for the Burley Bears in 2023. Uh, he scored a try in the preseason game against the Bronx in 2020, that same 24-24 game. And he's knocking on the door for a hooker spot if the opportunity does arise. Uh, only missed two games in last season's grand final run uh, for the Burley Bears. And unfortunately was injured in his first three minutes of the game against the Brisbane Tigers. Uh, makes huge metres when he's on for around the 30 to 40 minute mark and achieves between 20 and 31 tackles a game. So, yeah, look, uh, we've got two really young hookers here that we'll get into the next one, Oscar Bryant, off the bench in a second. Uh, but Vaka Sikaheli is one to really look out for. Yeah, I'm just wondering, in that game when he got injured, was he the one that suffered the hip drop tackle or was he the one before that? I can't remember, but it was he was only on for three minutes in the game, so yeah. I can't. Yeah, I think it was a pretty. I think the hip drop was a bit later, wasn't it? Well, I don't think he starts, so he didn't really start a great deal for the Burley Bears in 2023. He was mainly coming off the bench there as an mm. interchangeable hooker, uh, so I think it could have been. I'm not too sure, but I, yeah. I remember I remember watching it, and it was yeah, it was really sad because he's a great player. Yeah, I remember seeing it, and I remember I was actually in your stream at the time watching it, and we all seem to agree that it was a hip drop tackle. So mm. if that was him, I, I'm not 100% certain, but if it is, I'm, it's great to see him back and in a starting role there at hooker. Our back rowers are Ryan Foran and Seth Nicotimo. Is it Nicotimo? Seth Nicotimo. I, well, I hope I'm Nicotemo. pronouncing that right as well, to be fair, because uh, we, we do follow each other on Instagram, so I hope I'm yeah. saying his name correctly. Well, so I know Ryan Foran's now in our top 30, and I think Seth might still be a development player. So yes. a really important opportunity for both of them to stake a claim at a depth uh, option for us throughout the season. Uh, what are you expecting from both? Yeah, so Ryan Foran, as we've said before, second row, he's also not related to Kieran Foran for uh, the people who do wonder there. Uh, this will actually be his third preseason with the club, but it looks like he's finally starting to make his move because he is officially a part of that 30-man squad. Uh, I personally haven't seen a great deal from Ryan. I haven't seen a great deal of kind of of his games, but highly touted within the club. He's only played the one game for Tweedhead Seagulls, which they won. Only played 31 minutes for 38 metres off the bench, so not much to really go off in that situation. And that's what I'm saying. I haven't really seen a great deal for him, so really looking forward to seeing him in this game. Uh, and then plays for the Hastings Deer and Colts for Tweed, so not much stats online for the tournament. And this is what I've been saying. It's really difficult to find out stats uh, from just simply searching on Google for this Hastings Deer and Colts. So if anyone's watching who is involved in that tournament, for the love of God, can you please start putting some stats together? Like, gee whiz, it's really difficult. Uh, but Ryan Foran, yeah, he's going to be highly touted in this club. So massive, massive, massively looking forward to seeing what he can do here against the guys like you and Aiken and Felice Kafusi. Uh, and then you've got a Seth Nicotemo here who is a Kiva Park talent. So a lot of these guys are obviously starting to see come up through the Gold Coast actual systems. And this is what I said for a very, very long time. And I would assume that you would agree with this and you can agree afterwards. But... With me, I've always said it takes 15 plus years for a club to really establish its roots besides the Dolphins because they've established based on the fact that they have been a Queensland Cup team for a very, very long time uh, in their area. But the Gold Coast, we haven't had that kind of situation, right? So now after 15 plus years, the kids who are actually born, raised and growing up on the Gold Coast will become Gold Coast Titans fans. And Seth Nicotemo is one of those youngsters really coming up through that system, which it is benefiting from. So they actually stand out uh, during the preseason in 2023. Players like Big Mo, Big Mo Akifotawaka, uh, saying massive pra uh, praises for him. Uh, was a part of the emerging Queensland squad in 2023. Uh, development until 2025, so you are right. He's still got kind of one more year where you would assume he'd be ready to jump into the full-time 30, which is kind of what Ryan Foran's done this year. Uh, but you've got Justin Holbrook last year, obviously before he was... Uh, 
let go from the club, had this to say about him. He's a skillful back rower with quality footwork and a tremendous work ethic. That's great. We are, are able to bring him into our full-time roster for the next three seasons, given he's been a key member of our Pathways program since he was 15. So again, that goes back on the notion that he's a young development product from the Gold Coast. Love to see it. And that's a really... I think those two are really ones that you should look for in this game. If you're looking for specific players, which we might kind of go through our top three players to watch afterwards... It would be Ryan Ford and Seth Nicotemo who are knocking on the door. Yeah, I think based on what you said there, I absolutely agree there too. I've got to have my my on most keenly. I think for Ryan Ford, the interesting thing is that if he's gone from you know a, a younger grade competition there in, in Queensland straight into a top thirty NRL spot, whereas someone like Seth is on a three year development contract, I'm wondering well, what I assume Justin Holbrook saw in him to promote him so quickly which is very interesting there. So we could really be, be to really be about to unearth a, a hidden gem there. Absolutely. And for Seth, I, I do love that story. I love any time we hear of people being with the Titans that went to school on the Gold Coast, lived on the Gold Coast, um, and loved the Gold Coast. That's oh, really cool there. Just before we move on here as well, in regards, I will say that it is sad that we've lost Kibra. Obviously, we do have Palm Beach Crumbin and we do have Marsden, but you know, Kibra is a, it's a Gold Coast school and it is sad that they've gone now to, I believe it is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, but with that being said, you know, Palm Beach Crumbin and Marsden are two absolutely well-established schools, specifically PVC, uh, who are doing better actually currently than Kibra. So I don't want to sit here and kind of insult Kibra and whatnot, but with that being said, I've got to back in the club that is, or the, the school that is with our club right now. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's sad because we've got a lot of guys who have gone through Kibra. I think AJ played for Kibra. Uh, you've also got Dave Fafita, who obviously came through that system. Um, and a couple Mo. of these boys. Yeah, Big Moe as well. So, And now, sure. obviously, um <laughs> Nicotemo, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, it's sad. But at the end of the day, it, we, we really didn't have a choice. I think the most exciting thing, too, is if these two do perform strongly in this game, being Seth and Ryan, it won't be because they're against cheap opposition. They're against mm. Ewan Aitken, who's a Scotland uh, international, and Felice Carfusi, who's played for Australia Tonga and the Maroons. Um, our lock in this one is Arama Hull, and he, he has a tough matchup, too. They're against Tommy Gilbert, the current Queensland back rower. Uh, what can you tell me about Arama? Arama Howe is a player that you should get excited about. He's absolutely a player that you should get excited about, folks. Now, he actually played for the Featherstone Rovers in England in 2023. Uh, Mal Meninga actually suggested to, for him to go over. He was a bit, you know, topsy-turvy about doing it, but he absolutely loved that he did it. But Featherstone are in the second division. As we all know, England loves their promotion, relegation, and sport. So it's not at the Super League level, but he's a massive youngster, right? So you don't expect him to jump into the Super League, which is still a lot tougher than people give it credit for. They do kind of put it down, but at the end of the day, it is still professional rugby league. Uh, started in eight of his ten appearances there for the Featherstone Rovers. Uh, he's a former Australian schoolboys forward. Uh, he'll be with the Ipswich Jets in 2024. And this is something that I found really interesting that I really like to see, is that he does mainly look up towards Isaac Liu and Tino Fasul Malawi. So it's great to see that obviously Tino gets mentioned there, and we love that. But Isaac Liu doesn't get the respect in the fan base. And this is what I keep saying to everybody here and on my channel and everywhere. Isaac is well respected within this club. Like the players respect him, the organization respects him. And although the fans may not be necessarily the biggest fan of what Isaac Lee has put on the park, at the end of the day, these guys really do respect him. So, you know, Arama Howe looking up to him makes sense that he looks to play lock in the game. Uh, and he's going to mainly play cup this year, I would say, uh, but could absolutely work his way into playing the 13 role long term, as obviously it is open beyond 2024 uh, with uh, Isaac Liu coming to the end of his contract. So this is a big game for him, I would say. Yeah, and no, I agree. It's kind of like the Roosters, right, where Spencer Lanou's probably got a higher ceiling than Jared Warrior Hargraves right now, but everyone at that club respects Jared Warrior Hargraves from the rookies all the way to the captain and James Tedesco. I think Isaac Liu holds a very similar, if not identical spot in terms of the respect he receives from all members, um, everyone really involved with the Titans on and off the field. Our interchange in this one's interesting because there's more experience off the uh, off the the first part of our interchange bench than there is in the lineup itself. Um, Tommy Weaver is our utility. Isaac Fa'asu Malaawi, Joe Stimson, and Cleese Haas. Mm. Joe Stimson's named captain. He'll come from the bench. I think what we've got here, Blaze, is like Tommy Weaver will come on and maybe play thirty minutes. Maybe he'll play the second half. I think Isaac will see a fair bit of, 
And I think Joe and Cleese will probably be restricted to about 20 to 30 minutes each as well, just because they're already guys that are kind of established as the next best options in our Mm. top 17. They don't have too much to prove in this one, whereas the players that are named in their place, such as a a Luke Burton or a Ryan Foran or a uh, a Kyle Foxwell, albeit, they're guys that have something to prove. They have to really earn their stripes in this contest. So... That's the way I look at it, Interchange. Do you kind of see it the same way? Uh, so, I think that if we're looking at it based off of the numbers they're given right now, I absolutely agree with you, and that's kind of how it would be played. But I will slightly disagree in the sense that I believe these guys will start. I think that you'll see Tom Waver okay. start. I think you'll see Isaac, Joe, and Cleese all start. Uh, and you probably could see the same with the guys that we're about to mention in a little bit, like Pahulu and, and uh, Harley Smith Shields and all that. But overall, I do think those guys will probably start, especially considering that we are going up against a full-strength Dolphins squad, right? So if they had played a depth squad as well... Now, we also have to take into account that they have played a preseason game where it was predominantly depth, but they did still have quite a lot of players like a Valencia Defara and all that in that team, Tessie and you and the likes, right? Um, but overall, I do think that because the Dolphins have named such a strong lineup, there's no point playing all these youngsters like a Stedman, like a Foxwell, like a Burton, Sikaheli, Penkwit, and the, the back row lock, everyone, right? There's no point playing any of these guys if they're just going to get flogged, if they're just going to get absolutely flogged off the park. So I do think that they will probably adjust this lineup, probably put Tommy Weaver into the seven for Foxwell, might come to the 14. Um, you might you probably see Isaac Fasumalawi come on for Jordan Penquit and Luke Burton probably stays there. I uh, know, sorry, Joe Stimson will probably go into that front row. I do think they keep that back row pairing, uh, and then you've got Cleese Haas who, uh, to be fair, he might go into the back row for like a Seth Nikitamo who's still in that development. Uh, but that's just kind of what I'm thinking right now. I don't know that. That's just my assumption there. Uh, but I don't think that you're gonna Desi's gonna send out his youngsters to get you know led to the slaughter. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like, we saw what happened to the Capras last week. I, th- I think they're a feeder club to the Dolphins, so yes. some of their top options are actually representing the Dolphins in that one as their feeder club. I will and, say what's like, quite funny. Did you see in the Winner Manly vs. Broncos game how they were swapping jerseys at halftime? So, like, because obviously Winner Manly are a feeder club for the Broncos. Yeah. So the Broncos were, like, what was his name? Kurt Falls, who used to play with the Panthers, now at the Broncos. He switched from the the Broncos to Winner Manly at halftime. <laughs> Yeah, it's. That's why I didn't take much out of those trials last weekend. They were, you know, what I mean. We're not. We're, unfortunately, we're not going to see Felice Carfusi line up in a Titans jersey as much as we'd probably all like to see that because he's a quality player. Uh, but our extended bench on this one, and keeping in mind uh, that all of these players can, will play, and there's infinite interchanges. We've got a new recruit Harley Smith Shields, Caleb Nagamanu, Josiah Pahulu, Oscar Bryant and Kaylee's Paul Patoko. So we've got some names there that I'm not familiar with. We've got some names that people will be familiar with, likely in Harley Smith Shields and Josiah Pahulu. Um, of those bunch, who are you most excited to watch, and what can you tell us about them? So, look, I'm actually quite excited to, to watch all four of the guys, or actually, I'd say all four of the guys besides Harley, because I know what uh, to expect out of Harley Smith Shields, right? That's not me disrespecting yeah. him. That's just me saying... I kind of know what to expect from Harley, but with that being said, he does have an absolute bloody rig on him, and he's going to throw his body at the line, and, and he's probably one of our more experienced players. He's one of our most experienced players in the lineup, right? So, uh, yeah, look, Harley, with all due respect, I am kind of looking at these other guys because they are our future that we don't know anything about, realistically, right? So we'll go into Caleb Ngamanu here first, who is a centre-slash-winger. Now, this is the guy that, when I was doing my research, has actually really, really crushed it uh, specifically for the Tweedhead Seagulls last season. He absolutely crushed it in the Host Plus Cup in 2023 because he was top five in tries across the entirety of the Host Plus Cup where he scored 18 tries to be the club's leading try scorer. So he scored the most tries for the Tweedhead Seagulls last season and was in the top five across the Host Plus Cup. Obviously, there was a guy named Tony Francis who was, uh, I think, did he get top? Did Tony Francis get top? Uh, equal top, I believe. There was someone a level with him. Mm, there you go. Yeah, so, look, Kalik Manu is in some great, great buddy names sake there. Uh, now, you go to some of his stats. He did not finish under 100 metres in a single game last year. He did not finish under 100 metres in a single game last year. Eight games coming 150-plus run metres and two games at 200-plus. 
absolute meter reader and can get some solid post-contact meters as well, going for 50-plus post-contact meters 10 times last year. 50-plus contact post-contact meters 10 times, and it just shows that when you've got guys like Lofi and Phil alongside depth of Tony Francis, Callum Ngamanu, Jojo Fafida, uh, you've also got Harley Smith Shields there, you know, like we've got such amazing depth in this wing department, and then you've also got the likes of Kenny Mamalo, as we said before. So the wing department for the Titans is phenomenal, and you could potentially even look to putting him into the centres there, Caleb Ngamanu. So yeah, really, really excited to do with him. Uh, do you want me to keep going, or do you want to have a say first? Yeah, just on Caleb, I've also got here that he played for the Maroons under-19s last mm. year, which is obviously awesome there. And as soon as I said his name, I was like, that sounds familiar. And then as soon as you started saying Tweet Ed Seagulls, I, um, you know how like they take they all take the generic shot with their hands on their hips? Yeah. I saw that photo like vividly in my face from when we were reviewing the games last year of Tweet. So yeah, excited to watch him roll out for sure. Yeah, 100%. This is why you guys are following this podcast, right? Because one, we give you these, this information that you don't see anywhere else. And also two, you know, we will be covering the Tweeted Seagulls and Ipswich Jets throughout the season. So hit that follow button. Subscribe right now. Bang, thanks for coming. Uh, but next one here, obviously Big Bumper that we're all excited to watch, Josiah Pahulu. Now, he played for the Queensland under-19s in 2022, running for 117 metres and making 27 tackles in that game. He is a prop. Uh, he's a part of the official 30-man Gold Coast Titans squad in 2024. Uh, and probably the, the most touted amongst the wider consensus, like Ryan Foran is known, but I would say that Josiah Pahulu is, is really well known for kind of what he can produce, and this is why. So he's only played four games for the Burley Bears in 2023, but when he got a full-term 40-plus minute opportunity amongst those four games, he ran for 153 total running metres, purely off hit-ups. Purely off hit-ups, which shows he's not scared to run it straight up the guts and into the line. That's exciting to see. Uh, actually has the same birthday as me as well, uh, May 4th. So I love this bloke already because he's already going to have to put up every single year with the same old joke of May the 4th be with you when it's May 4th. So God help him. I know how you feel. Decide, don't worry. Uh, and he's just an absolute machine, mate. So yeah, really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Obviously, we do have guys like Mo, we have Tino, we have Jimmy Jolliffe, we have Kenan Palacia, uh, Joey Stimdog. You know, we have a whole bunch of real big-time front rowers this year. Isaac Fatsul Malawi as well. We have such a massive... I'm telling you, the Titans are coming, mate. I'm just telling you. We have a great, great deal of depth at the moment, and Disciple Hula is absolutely one of them. And he was also the captain of Ipswich uh, State High School, which I believe... I'm not sure if they won that year. I, I think I might have read online that they did. I um, mean, in that under-19s game for the Maroons, he ran 117 metres and made 27 tackles. And that's obviously, um, again, some of the you know best players from the Blues. And he was also in the 2022 Australian Schoolboys team. So you, you can't do much better in the lower ranks than what Josiah's done so far. So excited to see this guy next season. This season, sorry. May the fourth be with you, Josiah Bahuli. May the fourth be with you, mate. Uh, but all right, let's go now into the next one here, which is Oscar Bryant, who is a hooker that people have been hearing about for a little bit now. Obviously, uh, for people who aren't aware, he is the younger brother to Max Bryant, who does play for the Brisbane Heat. Uh, big time hitter there, just won the championship. Starting to align here, Clark. He's starting to align. Titans are coming up, and Brisbane Heat's won a championship, so Titans are next. Uh, will be 21 this season, so still super young. Could have an opportunity in 2024 if Verrill's touch wood um, suffers the injury route. Touch wood that he is going to be safe, healthy, and great. Uh, Cruz Leaming was signed last year for the sole purpose to have a three-man kind of hooker rotation. But now possibly Oscar or Vakasakaheli could be a part of those three with Chris Randall, Sam Verrill's, and Oscar slash Sakaheli. Um, battled a, stra a stress fracture in his foot in the preseason to then recover and make his Queensland Cup debut for Tweed last year before two unexpected exits in both the Cup and Colts grades as the Seagulls made their charge to the finals. Uh, Titans are screaming for a consistent hooker at the moment, and Verrills has been injured majority of his time so far, unfortunately. Uh, so if Verrills is fit, I don't think Oscar will be able to get in. But I would not be surprised if Oscar shows out for Tweed and does link up a spot down the stretch if, for example, Touchwood Verrills... You know, hopefully doesn't get injured, but if that happened, or if Chrissy Randall kind of put himself in a bit of hot and bother as well, it could come down to one of these two guys in Sikaheli or Bryant. I think the thing for Brian as well is that he went to school with Tommy Weaver. They played together for PBC. He's now seen his friend and, and spine member there going on day and debut in the NRL. So there's that belief there. He's seen that it, you know, it can happen for people his age. Uh, was selected in the Blues under-19 squad last year. Unfortunately, didn't get to play that game. But certainly, I agree with you. Hooker is an area we are thin on. 
So every uh, lower grade hooker at our club right now has a huge opportunity to really impress in this preseason challenge. Yeah, 100%. And the final player here is Kalis Paul Potocco. Now, I hope I pronounced his name right there. Now, he is a center slash winger, and there's not a great deal to go online about him, and I haven't heard about him until this game here, uh, but apparently he's a schoolboy rugby union star who was one of New Zealand's hottest rugby prospects. Really exciting there. Uh, had a lot of super rugby clubs actually trying to get him. A lot of super rugby. Uh, I think the All Blacks as well were trying to grab him, uh, but he did want to play league, so he's here with the Gold Coast Titans, which is great, great news there. Uh, initially was on a train and trial deal in a bid to earn a spot in the NRL roster. Uh, Potoko's career progression across the ditch is one that was totally out the blue apparently so yeah he's come across here ready to rock and roll happy that he's come across to our club uh, and models his game off with Joey Manu for the Roosters so if you can be someone like a Joey Manu don't go to the Roosters there because I know that he's going across to you know French rugby so let's not go to the Roosters there Kalos Paul Botocco but with that being said looking forward to seeing what he can provide here and uh, you know yeah real unknown talent I'm really excited New Zealand rugby schoolboy. Um, we've seen New Zealand rugby talent in our NRLW side with Nia Williams-Guthrie. Uh, but I, he did say this to our club in the preseason when interviewed. He said, I just love this game. It suits me and I feel like I could pursue a career out of this code. League has such a license to be able to have one-on-one -on -one battles with your, your defender. It's so free-flowing and that's why I fell in love with it. Um, and he's really hit the nail on the head there. This isn't a hate rugby show, but League is definitely more free-flowing in its current state particularly with our recent rule changes. And the fact that he's saying that he likes those one-on-one -on -one battles does make me really excited to see how he attacks coming off the bench there. You know, if, can he isolate some tired Dolphins defenders and, and really create some opportunities for us? So I uh, was excited to see him. It's excited after what you said. And then after finding that quote, then I'm even more excited now. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I just think that we've got some real good depth here that people don't know yet. And this isn't even like our... Like, we have guys that you'll see next week as well that, like, Keanu, for example, is technically depth for us unless he gets that 14, right? So, you know, we also, these guys are our depth to our depth, but also have the chance to move up into our kind of second stringers, if you know what I'm saying. And it's just so exciting to see because I haven't seen this kind of depth here at the club for a very long time where I'm genuinely excited to see kind of the guys coming through. And it's just so, it's going to be difficult, right? Because again, as we've said multiple times here, the Dolphins have put out a full strength lineup here. And besides Jerome Burns, Sim, Jeremiah Simbikin, uh Lachlan Hubner, Harrison Green, uh, and Brenton Byra, they're the only five guys that are kind of depth. So you're still going to see for 80 minutes most of their first stringers. So I don't think that if we get pumped in this game, which I hope we don't get done. But if we get pumped in this game, it does not then mean that we have a horrible depth. It just means that the guys that we're going up against have more experience. Yeah, spot on. And even two of those five players you named there for Dolphins are still top 30 players for them. Mm. So really, there's three players that aren't within their top 30 compared to maybe four or five for us. And I completely echo your thoughts there that, you know, if the Dolphins want to roll out their depth options or the depth to their depth options, then I'm sure we'll pump them. I'm super confident we'll pump them. But they've chosen to name a super, strength, uh, super strong side, which is why I think as a Titans fan, my expectation is we will lose this game. I don't care that we'll lose this game because I know that the experience is going to give our young guns and the opportunity to perform far outweighs winning a trial game. You know, you don't win premierships in February. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on this one. I expect us to lose, but I'm not fussed if we do. Still super excited. Um, your final tip for this one? You going to go with the Dolphins, of course? Yeah, look, guys, you guys know I'm very passionate for this team. I love this Titans team. But with that being said, like, you do have to lean with the Dolphins in this situation. One, it's at the Sunshine Coast. And two, they've got a full-strength lineup besides Hamiso mm -hmm. uh, that realistically should put a score past us. But I'm not looking... At the score, I'm looking at what the individual performances from guys like Foran, Nikotemo, Arama Howe, those kind of guys. Actually, we'll get into that one now. Name your top three in order of who you are looking towards the most and who people should look towards the most uh, for this trial. Okay, well, my number one is going to be Josiah Pahulu. Uh, mm -hmm. Just like you said, I think he's the most highly touted coming through our grade at, the, at our club at the moment. So he gets my number one spot there. Number two, I'm going to go with 
I don't want to be too boring and name three forwards, but I will. Two and three, I'm going to go Ryan Foran and Seth Nicotimo. Um, I, I think that Seth is a guy that, as you said, is super exciting because he's come from the Gold Coast system. He's one of those guys like Tommy Weaver that grew up as a Titans fan. Um, and so I think that's awesome that he gets an opportunity here. And then Ryan Foran. I want to know what uh, whoever signed him straight to this top 30 deal was seeing. They've obviously seen something very special because you look at the man underneath him and Seth Nicotimo. Typically, you come into the NRL via a development deal for a number of seasons before breaking into that top 30. So I'm excited to see what someone saw to say straight away, hey, we want you to go straight into our, our top squad. So that would be my top three. What about yourself? Yeah, number one is going to have to be Josiah Pahulu. Uh, I agree with you there. Josiah is a guy that is a monster, as I was reading out before. Like, he just has some massive stats on him and is just a big bopper and could provide... A, you'll definitely see him during the origin period, I would safely assume. But we're losing guys like Tino, we're losing guys like Mo, uh, also Dave and potentially Bowie. Uh, so you'll definitely see guys like Pahulu then. But for this game, absolutely Pahulu would be my number one to watch out for. Uh, number two, I would probably actually go and say that it's going to be Arama Howe. I want to look to see what experience he got from going over to Featherstone Rovers and going over to England and playing in the second division and playing eight out of ten games there. Uh, he's still a super young talent man, and I just think that you know the lock position is what we need to be focusing on. Who is the lock post-Isaac Liu? Is it going to be Jacob Alec? Is it going to be Arama Howe? Do we have Aaron Clark there? Do they push Tino to the 13 role? So I think that Arama Howe is in a real prime opportunity here to prove himself in this game and show us that, hey, listen, we need a 13, you need to stand up. So uh, it's a lot of pressure for a young talent, especially coming up against Tommy Gilbert and whatnot. But with that being said, you've got to beat the best to be the best, baby. So that's what I'm putting as number two. And I could easily put him as number one as well, to be honest with you. And number three is a bit of a tough one. Like, I will tell you guys as well, Cleese Haas is someone that I have heard some great reports on, the best house in the business, going into the preseason saying that he is training the absolute house down and is having one of his best pre-seasons. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what Cleese can do. But I'm going to go with one of the young, young guns for the sole purpose of what we're saying. Um, I'm going to go and say I'm looking forward to seeing either uh, Vaka Sikaheli in that number nine or Kalis Paul Potocco. I think that that's, that's a really interesting one there. Again, massively hot prospect for Rugby Union New Zealand. All Blacks wanted him and has just decided to come over here and say, you know what, screw it, I'm going to play for the Gold Coast Titans. And I, I, I really think he could show out here. And it's not like that we are absolutely chuffed for spots in the centre department. Like, we do obviously have the Brimo, and we do also have um, Brian Kelly. But with that being said, it's not like that's our crazy strongest uh, position. So if Kalis comes in, Kalis Paul comes in and shows out, maybe he could put, you know, throw a cat amongst the pigeons as well. So, yeah, I think there's a really exciting... Uh, I can't wait to talk about this next week with you. I can't wait to talk about this next week on, on next week's podcast just to see how these guys did go in this game. And I'm actually kind of happy the Dolphins have put their first graders out there because if we go out there and win... Or we go out there and just show some real good gumption and talent. I'm just, I tell you what, this will be really good proof to say that we've got a good team here coming forward. Absolutely. And next week will be the first week where we really resume the podcast back to normal duties where we're reviewing a game and then previewing the following week. So that's exciting for us and hopefully exciting for the viewers. So yeah, it sounds like we're both not really fussed on the result there. We're more fussed mm. on just seeing our players perform and have an opportunity which I think is the right way to go about this one, especially when you look the at the result, man. The result means exactly. nothing. It's, the result means nothing. Like you go, I, I, look, I'll tell you guys, the only thing that will annoy me is if we lose this game by 100 points. If we lose this game 100 nil, then yes, there is an issue, there is a problem, and <laughs> there's an issue, okay? But yeah. if we're losing... If, if, if we can at least score a couple of tries in this game and maybe limit them to under 50, even under 60, I will tell you, under 60 is something that we should be aiming for because, again... These guys are all developments. So if they're scoring 60-plus from their first graders, that's expected. So you guys should actually be expecting to lose this game by a significant amount. Anything less than a significant amount is a massive win for us. If we're losing by 30 points and scoring two tries, three tries, that's fantastic. That is fantastic in a game of this nature. Who cares what the opposition fans say, oh, Titans are done. Rabbitohs, do you think they care right now that they got pumped by 68-6 to six and people are saying their season's done? No, they don't care less because it was 
to reserve grade even further. Manly had their reserve grade going up against the Rabbitohs even further, further reserve grade. Manly still had Luke Brooks. They still had you know a couple of their top-tier prospects as their guys, whilst Rabbitohs had nobody. And that's the same thing with us here. And Dolphins have gone even stronger. So don't get upset if we lose this game by a large margin. No, spot on. Absolutely agree. And you've only got to cast your mind back to last year with the Lafayette Khan Prayer really being a breakout star there, scoring a hat trick, I believe, but it was either against the Cowboys or Broncos. So was people that a can was break it four it. tries. Or maybe it was four. I, I I only remember three, but it could have been four. You could be right, you could be right. I can't yeah. remember. It's Lafayette, it could have been five. If we're being absolutely honest, yeah, it could have been. Okay, I'm not going to go any further than seven. But that's <laughs> it's getting up there. <laughs> it's getting up there. No, but um, in all seriousness, we we just offer that to say that these games are important to watch because you you know at that stage, Lofty was, well, I would say, rumored to be starting on our wing, but it wasn't confirmed. And then well, he had like, those really strong. Well, we didn't have the podcast then, right? So I would have told you guys mm. like he's going to be our winger. Um, but with that being said, like obviously I will be live. So just uh, this is just a, a bit of self promo here, but I will be live streaming our game. So if you want to jump across and, and, and have a chat with me as the Titans game is on this weekend against the Dolphins, I will be live on BKR Sport. Um, and then obviously come back here with Clarky for the uh, the podcast and whatnot. But yeah, if you want to sit there and you, sit there with me as we probably watch our team get a little bit of a slapping, but still talk about the interesting and kind of significant things coming on, then obviously come and check out the channel and I'll be I'll be live there to talk it through with you and make sure that you're okay. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's BKR Sport on YouTube for anyone that's interested in that. We mentioned earlier we're going to go through and tell you where our players are assigned to reserve grade this year. We'll do that now. Ipswich Jets have Tanner Boyd, Jalen DeGroote, Bo Fermor, Dave Fafita, Ryan Foran, Moeki Fotuaka, Arama Howe, Alofiana Khan Pereira, Isaac Liu, Ben Liu, Ken Mamalo, Seth Nicotemo, Josiah, Josiah Pahulu, Philip Sami, Aaron Shops, Harley Smith Shields, Joe Simpson, and Sam Barrels. Uh, that was a massive mouthful, guys. Stay with me. <laughs> the other half of our team is assigned to the Tweed Seagulls. Burley Bears are no longer an affiliate club with us. They are now with the Broncos. So the players I just mentioned then, they are Ipswich Jets if playing reserve grade next year. And the players that will represent the Tweed Seagulls are Jacob Arlick, AJ Brimston, Oscar Blant, Jaden Campbell, Aaron Clark, Isaac Antino for Asumala Awi, Jojo Fafita, Kieran Foran, Highly doubt we'll see Kieran there, but you never know. Tony Francis, Cleese Haas, Jamin Jolliffe, Brian Kelly, Keanu Kinney, Keenan Palacio, Chris Randall, Tommy Weaver, and Ryder Williams. I am so sorry if I just hurt your guys' eardrums with that, but they are where our players are assigned. And if you did miss anything, you can also read the article on the Titans website. What I want to say about that's really exciting about that is that we kind of were right. The guys who were aligned with Burley like some big time players there that will probably play some minutes if a tweet have been uh, allocated to tweet because you know you've seen guys like Keanu Kinney uh, he was a Burley now he's a tweet you've yep. got uh, who else was there you've got Tony Francis you know who was one of the better wingers in the comp last year is now at tweet um, who else was it was Joe no Jojo was tweed uh, Isaac well, the other thing was... is like the amount of like Forwards that could be playing for Tweed. Jacob Arlett could be yeah, there. He was a Isaac could year. be there. Um, Cleese Haas could be there, realistically. Jojo will likely be Jimmy there. Um, as you said, Tinny. Oh, no, Jimmy Jolliffe Jimmy probably Jolliffe with us. But then again, our depth is amazing. That yeah. He might actually see himself in Tweed. Yeah, and then even our centre depth is pretty good, where Brian Kelly um, w- could be an option to potentially go back there, depending. So that Tweed side is going to be super strong. Especially when, you know, people like Caleb that you said before are there. Um, and then that Jets side, I'm just saying, so Jets didn't do too well last year, did they? They're, Jets they're going didn't through a bit win of a, a single rebuild. game last year. Literally, the Jets did not win a single game in 2023. Yeah, that's bad. But I, I, I only expect them to improve with the, the quality of players we'll be sending back there. Um, you know, Ryan Foran's probably someone that'll be there. Um, Isaac Liu, if we go for a, a youth, more youthful side throughout this year, could be there potentially. Ken Mamalo, a lot of yeah. experience there. The only uh, I think issue I, that I see, yeah, go on, go on. Well, just quickly, Josiah Pahulu, he'll be super excited to be back in Ipswich because that's where he went to school. Um, he's another option there, as is Harley Smith Shields or Aaron Shop um, in the centre. So they'll have a super strong side as well, man. I will say that, and and I, I believe Ipswich is 
more aligned... Like, in regards to their rookies, I'm pretty certain they're aligned with the Roosters. And we are utilising them in a way that is quite interesting, where we're kind of putting our players there because we have so much players, and yet Burley's not there anymore, so now we're dispersing our players into Ipswich, which will improve them. But I will say... When you look at this lineup, Tanner's not going to be playing for Ipswich unless, obviously, doesn't perform for the Titans. Uh, Jalen the Groot will. Uh, Bowie Firma won't play for Ipswich. Dave Fafita won't play for Ipswich. Ryan Foran, yeah, will probably uh, will play. Moek Fadawaka won't play for Ipswich. Arama Howe will play. Loffy won't play. Liu, like you said, maybe, maybe not. Probably won't, I would say. But there's, I'd uh, lean to know. Yeah, I'd lean to know. Uh, ben Liu will, uh, Kemamala will, Seth Nikotemo will, uh, Josiah Pahulu probably, absolutely, uh, but then again, could find his way onto the bench depending on this preseason. Phil Sami, no. Should be, probably. Uh, Harley Smith Shields, definitely. Uh, Joe Simpson, probably. And Sam Verrills, no. So I don't think that they've got. I, I do think that there, there is still priorities towards Tweed here if you look at it. I do think that you're still seeing priorities towards Tweed. Mate, I agree. I think Tweed is going to be the stronger of our sides we're going to be reviewing each week. But I will be... Look, I won't be so much bothered about the Jets' results, if I'm being absolutely honest. Yes, as you said, they are an affiliate club. They're not as close to our region as Tweed. I'll be more concerned with the Tweed results, and I think for Jets, I'll be more looking at individual performances to see who could be caught up. And I don't want to, I don't want if we just to feel like we're disrespecting them by saying that. It's just that you've got to understand that obviously Tweed is a direct correlation with us, whilst Ipswich has kind of two minds about them. And I do think that I, I definitely will be there to support the Ipswich Jets, and I do I will definitely pr- want to see them win rather than lose. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But if it comes to Ipswich taking on Tweed, I do think that you're always going to kind of have that feeling like, yes, no, we're going to want to support Tweed. Because one, they've been with us for a long time. Uh, and two, they are guaranteed directly on the Gold Coast, right? Whilst Ipswich is, you know, kind of out from the Gold Coast. So, yeah, we'll definitely be... Jets are our number two team this year for sure. Uh, speaking on behalf of myself here, they're definitely our number two, uh, but I will always lean towards Tweed. Absolutely agree with you there. Let's do a quick preview of the NRL All-Stars game. We won't go into too much depth. We'll just talk about our players, give a bit of a prediction there, and some stuff that we're looking out for. Uh, Ken Palacia is named on the interchange. Uh, Brian Kelly is named on the interchange of the Indigenous side. Um, And then we've also got... I thought we had a third player there, but if I'm wrong, I know that the wingers are Jojo Fafita and Alofiana Khan Pereira. Right, here's a situation for you. Let's say Loffy makes a break for the Indigenous All-Stars and JoJo's on his wing. Given Loffy has the ball over 100 metres, is JoJo going to catch him in a, in a rundown? I just got completely distracted there. Can you say that again? <laughs> All righty. Yeah. So, My brain just completely just caught off for a second then. What did you it was say? a long question. Alofiana <laughs> Khan Prera. He makes a break for the Indigenous All-Stars. Mm. Jojo Fafita is on his opposite wing, and he starts to chase him down. Loffy has a 10-metre head start, but he's also holding the footy. Will Jojo catch him? Will we finally get to see the foot race that everyone wants to see at the Titans? That would be amazing to see. That would be it great. Would be, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> Scrap I... the game. Let's just do a 100-metre sprint between these two for either culture. That's Absolutely. what I want to see. Absolutely. I would say that... Well, Jojo is coming off that injury from last year too, that little niggling injury that became more of a, an injury uh, in his foot or ankle or something like that. Uh, it was... I, I'd probably say right this very second, it's going to be Loth because Loth hasn't had the injury. I do get a little bit scared that maybe Jojo's lost a little bit of confidence, so I'm probably going to back in Loth there, but it would be an interesting battle. It would be very, very fun to see that. Um, off the interchange for the Indigenous All-Stars, we've got Brian Kelly... Do you expect we'll see him play a little bit of back row, just noting how small this bench is for the Indigenous side? I, I think we might. You might. Uh, I, I, yeah, BK obviously coming in because there's been quite a lot of exclusions now from uh, the Indigenous squad. Uh, you know, actually quite sad to see Cody Walker out because it would have been so awesome to see him and Nico Hines. But um, yeah. you're probably going to see the two Sharkies halves combination there now, Braden Trinnell and Nico Hines. But yeah, look, BK could play in a couple of positions there. Obviously, we just don't want to see them get injured. That's the only thing that I'm looking for in this game. Because obviously, guys, 
I'm not indigenous and I'm not Maori, uh, but I just want to see uh, I want to see a good game. I, I just love rugby league and I want to see a great game here. Uh, I know Dane, you're part Maori, and uh, there's a lot of our audience who probably are indigenous as well. So I know this game means a hell of a lot to you guys. Uh, so it is great to see, and it's one of my favourite actual times of the calendar. But at the end of the day, I also just don't want to see these players get injured in this game. I guess it's the same as Origin, though, and I have an absolute yeah. belief in Origin. I guess for me, I would back in Indigenous over Māori just because it is Australia, right? No, that's fair enough there. I, I've always been, yes, yeah, split on who to support there because um, although I have heritage from New Zealand, uh, being Indigenous from there, I'm obviously a proud Australian as well, and it's our Indigenous culture, so I've always enjoyed just the battle. Um, I have favoured my own heritage um, in recent years. But as you said, I just always hope that it's a great close game like it has been in, in some previous ones. There's been some rippers. Um, and it was invented by the Titans' greatest ever player, in my opinion, Preston Campbell. Mm. So it's uh, brilliant there. Our final play to look out for for the Titans in this one is Keenan Palacia from the bench for the Maldi All-Stars. I'm going to make a call right now, man. He, he, so he's going to come on when either Shaq Mitchell or Josh Kerr go off. Mm-hmm. At that point, I see Adam Elliott or Josh Curran pushing to front row. And then I see a smaller member having to play back rower. Maybe a Zach Fulton, maybe a Jordan Grant or a Brian Kelly. I actually reckon Keenan's going to run over 150 metres. I think he's going to be super destructive. And I would tip him for MVP, but I can't go past Joseph Tarpany. If Joseph wasn't in this game, I would. But just seeing Joseph Tarpany tear up this game in the past, seeing him tear up for the Kiwis, um, seeing how much, seeing that level he goes to in rep games. Unfortunately, I love Cannon, but I can't put him over Joseph Tarpany. But I think Cannon will be a clear second best uh, for the Maldi so All Stars. So you're saying the Maldi All Stars are going to win the game? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really tight in the outside backs. You do have to give that advantage to the Indigenous All-Stars. Absolutely. You've know, you, you got to say Mitchell, Adokar, Hammer, Staggs, and, and Loffy. You've got to go that way. But then I also think if you look at the uh, the Māori All-Stars batch, you know, Dan Gagai's there, as is Matt Tomoko. So there's some strong options there as well. But we know in football, the biggest thing... Well, there's a saying in football that backs win the game, the forwards decide how much. And I do think you see a much more powerful forward pack on this side. Royce Hunt, Brandon Smith, Leo Thompson versus Shakai Mitchell, Kieran Mosley, Josh Kerr. That's just starting front rowers. Then we go to the interchange bench where the Māori All-Stars have Jazz Tavanga, Trey Mooney, Xavier Willison, Dylan Walker, Jack Howarth, and Keenan Palacia. That's a lot of size there, man, coming off the bench. And I just think if their forwards can get the momentum early and they can defend wide out well, then there's probably going to be enough momentum in this contest for halves like Cody Nicarima and Jerome Hughes to do their thing. Where the concern comes from, the entire spine for the Māori All-Stars are running players. Jesse Arthurs, not a ball player. Cody Nicarima, not he is a ball player kind of, but more of a runner. Jerome Hughes, definitely a running halfback. Brandon <laughs> Smith, definitely a running hooker. Uh, whereas the Indigenous All-Stars do have controlling halves in Braden Trindle and Nico Hines. Not only do they have controlling halves, though, Blaze, they've got halves that have done a whole preseason together there for the Sharkies and played together last year. So Absolutely. it's a t- it's really tough game to pick. I'm going to go the Māori All-Stars 1-12. to What's going to be your tip for this one? Yeah, so what I'll say in regards to the Indigenous, Indigenous versus Māori game is that I I will say, and I'll make the comparison here, and without with all due respect, I just want to kind of put the correlation here so people understand where I'm coming from. The Tigers are a forwards-dominant team with a back line that just doesn't know how to get it done, right? The back line of the yeah. West Tigers, awful. The forward pack, amazing. And we saw it specifically in the Titans-Tigers game from 2023 in round one at Leichhardt where they just dominated our line but couldn't score. And then we would find a way to score because guess what? We have good try scorers, right? And I do find this very similarity here with this Maldi All-Stars team where their 8 through 13 is significantly better than the 8 through 13 for the Indigenous for mine. So yes, you're going to see the, the, the Maldi All-Stars get them into position. But I also do think that this 1 through 7 here of this Indigenous All-Stars is so good. Latrell Mitchell, Josh Adokar, Alofiana Camperera, Hamiso and Staggs, Braden Trindle and Nico Hines in the halves. 
There's just so much unbelievable quality here that I don't think you're going to be able to hold them out. I don't think you can hold that that one through seven out. It's just ridiculous. And then their their forwards are still decent enough forwards. Jermaine Hopkins is one of the better locks in the competition right now. Probably top six, top seven, I would say. Um, maybe, yeah, top seven, uh, Jermaine Hopgood. Obviously, you've got the likes of Paddy Carrigan, Isaiah Yo. We're getting into a whole preview here. But at the end of the day, I do think that... I do think the Indigenous All-Stars will get it done, but it's good to see that there's two different opinions where you think that the, the Māori All-Stars will be too good. I think the Indigenous will be too good, so we're in for a good game, obviously. Mate, we are sick puppies. We literally said we're not going to get into it, and then we both gave a preview. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was worse. I stopped I'll myself, I stopped myself I before I went deep because I was about to get deep. Oh, and you can probably like hear it in my voice. I got my voice got louder. I got excited. The hand gestures grew. Um, we are it's sick baby. Here we go. We We're love rugby roll. league. We love rugby league, and we'll be back next week for more rugby league with you all. We're gonna pre- we're gonna review rather uh, this Dolphins game. We'll talk a little bit about how players went in this rep game, being the NRL All Stars, and then we will preview our next trial, which is against the Cowboys. Parramatta Reels. In Ipswich. So we'll preview that one for you. So from myself, thank you very much for being here for the Gold Coast Titans Frontline Podcast. Become a member today. Join the Frontline. Subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. Like it on YouTube. And follow us no matter where you listen to it, whether that's Spotify or Apple. Thank you very much. And over to you, Blaze, to farewell this show. Absolutely, baby. Slap it up. I'll see you guys on Sunday on Big House Sport for the live stream where we take on the Dolphins. And then absolutely jump on here, subscribe, follow, like, get around it, share it around uh, for the Gold Coast Titans Frontline Podcast. We appreciate you as always. And I'm looking forward to next week as we can really wrap up and review our Titans boys slapping down the kick, 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 kick